Hey there, Business Generals family. Welcome to another super episode of the Business Generals podcast where I feature amazing guests and I ask in-depth questions about their entrepreneurial journey. You know, my belief is that it doesn't matter how your journey in life started. It's not that important because great or small, the important thing is how you finish. So whatever your situation today, I want you to know that you can get your hopes up, that you are good enough to chase your dreams. In today's show, family, I dig into how it all started for our feature guests, how they have built their brand, and I even get into all the juicy details about their big challenges, their growth moments, and all their big breakthroughs. So it's going to be an amazing show. I actually selfishly started this podcast because I love to hear how entrepreneurs did it, and I wanted to ask the questions for myself. So really, I am the number one student. So Get ready for amazing coaching tips, family, to help you maximize your business dreams. Welcome and thank you for joining me here on the Business Generals podcast, where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Davis Mutabo here, your host. I am very excited to bring you today's feature guest, Mr. Brian Castle. Brian, are you ready to share your entrepreneurial story? I am. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Brian is an entrepreneur focused on bootstrapping online businesses that combine software with productized services and uh, since starting his self-employed career as a professional freelance web designer and um, he's built and uh, later sold a web design SaaS businesses in in 2015 and he now runs um, audience ops a content marketing service focused on helping b2b software companies grow their audience and customer base um, so a little bit on there that brian has been up to so we'll, we'll dive into most of that story so i'm really excited about that but brian before we we get um stuck into the show firstly welcome and um you know maybe take 30 seconds and tell us who is brian outside of business uh yeah well let's see outside of business um i i live here in connecticut uh kind of the southern coast uh near like an hour north of new york city um i have uh two young daughters and uh so my wife and i and our and our two girls live up here and uh like to travel a lot we we recently settled back down in 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 our house here in connecticut but before that we like last year we did a a long uh kind of road trip coast to coast around the u.s where we were living in different airbnbs for uh, like a month or two at a time Um, so that was kind of fun and i was uh, that was actually right around the time that right after i sold restaurant engine and right as i was starting up audience ops so i was very much working while traveling but also you know having some fun with the family um let's see uh but yeah you know these days i kind of work full-time on audience ops uh here from my home office and uh got a team of about 20 people working on that and uh you know pushing out some new products going into next year uh but but we've built up this uh, productized service doing content marketing and that's what i've been mostly focused on right and we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that a bit more in, um, in a short time. But um, how long have you been in uh, full-time business for yourself, Brian? Uh, let's see. I, th- I think I left my, my f- last full-time job um, in January of 2008. And uh, so let's say that, what is that, like eight years ago now? Uh, almost nine years ago. And um, so before that, I was working at a web design agency in New York. I was there for about two or three years. And, uh, and at the time I, I left that agency to become a freelance web designer and I, 
I found that, you know, web design is one of those fields that really can lend itself pretty well to, to freelance work and you don't have to necessarily work for, for an agency. That's, that was the realization that I came to back in 2008. And, um, and so I kind of worked as a freelance web designer from probably from 2008 up until 2012 or so. So about four years there doing, doing that and, and kind of dabbling in little product ideas on the side, but, but nothing really took off until I, I started working on restaurant engine, um, around 2011 and launched it in 2012. And, um, and so, and I still balanced uh, freelance work on the side while I was bootstrapping and, and building up Restaurant Engine, which was a web design service, uh, SaaS kind of builder, website builder for restaurants. And uh, and so I started building that up and ultimately, you know, phased out the freelance work. And then I worked on Restaurant Engine kind of full time from like 2013 up until 2015, mid-2015 is when I um sold that business and uh and then moved on to working on audience ops so that was so restaurant engine was essentially your first business venture if you like other than the consulting work that you were doing as web designer um i'd say it's the first one that that kind of worked (laughs) uh you know i i did do a bunch of things before that um like i think probably my very first product business that wasn't you know, billing by the hour as a freelancer was, um, WordPress themes. I, uh, so I was doing web design and I started to kind of specialize in in using WordPress. And then I think around 2009, 2010, I started creating, um, my own WordPress themes and selling them as digital downloads. And, uh, and, um, so I worked on that and, and that actually sustained like that little themes business, worked as like a little side project and I would make a handful of sales every month. And that, that lasted up until, um, 2015 as well. Uh, it wasn't a huge percentage. It was a very small percentage of my overall income, but it was just a little project that kind of sustained. And then I, um, I actually sold that for, for a small amount to, uh, to somebody else in, in 2015 as well. So what brought about the journey for you to essentially walk out of, um, corporate essentially working for somebody else and then doing, you know, the contractor route and then the startup route. Yeah. Well, um, I was working at the, at the web design agency and I wouldn't necessarily call that a corporate job. They were pretty laid back and it was kind of a small company. When I was there, it was like 15 or 20 people. Um, so I actually had a lot of fun there and I really liked, uh, the people I was working with and, um, it was, it was a great agency. Um, and, but I, I, and I had no idea like about online business or even freelancing, to be honest. I was young. It was like my first real job out of college. And um, it wasn't until while I was working in the agency, I noticed that the agency was hiring some freelancers occasionally. They, they would bring in like a freelance designer or freelance front-end developer, back-end developer. They would just come into the office for like a day here, a day there. And I started to realize like, Hey, these guys make a living just doing this, this freelance thing. I, I guess that's a thing. I, I never really thought about it. <laughs> um, and so I, I started giving that some thought. I started Googling and I came across a, a little blog called freelance switch, which I don't think is around anymore, but that was from Envato. And, uh, and I started learning more about freelancing. And then, uh, January, 2008, I, I decided well, I, what I decided was, you know, I was in my like early mid twenties at the time and, and, um, and 
And I was like, you know, I'm not married. I'm, I'm renting an apartment. I don't, you know, I have no kids or anything. So if I'm going to try doing something, you know, now's a pretty good time to, to give this freelancing thing a try. Um, so I did. And, and I, uh, started doing some freelance work and, um, I'm really glad that I did take that plunge in early 2008, because as we all know, later in 2008 was the, uh, economic crisis, uh, uh, crisis. And, um, and so, you know, especially here in America, the whole economy tanked. Um, and at that point I was like 10 or 11 months into freelancing and luckily I was able to make it through and, and I had some clients and, and I kept on freelancing and, and and I stayed self-employed, but I think had I not taken that chance, if I was employed at the time of, of the economic um, downturn, I may not have ever left the job. And I think that would have been a very different, um, different tra- trajectory after yeah. that. Interesting you say that because that's the, um, you know, the same crisis happened over here in Australia. And um, I actually went through a corporate redundancy and, um, it, you know, there was work was very limited and it took you a very long time to actually work out what you wanted to do, especially if you were not prepared. So, so it's a good thing, you know, because uh, a lot of people lost their jobs at that point and maybe you might have been too, too scared to, to jump into something straight away or just, just unprepared. So, so it's interesting to, to look back at that. How, um, how did the idea come about for the restaurant, um, engine business? Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I, I had been, uh, you know, doing websites for all sorts of different clients for a few years as a freelance web designer, doing um, websites for lawyers, for uh, universities, for little small businesses everywhere. And um, uh, I, I may have done like one or two restaurant websites, but not, not many. And I wasn't really tied to the restaurant industry in any way. I, I had waited tables a little bit when I was younger, but not... Um, I had no really no real connection to the restaurant industry, um, but what I was thinking was I, the original thought for the idea was okay. I'm, I'm working with WordPress a lot, and for a small business to get up and running with a WordPress website, you know, there's a lot of steps to to make that happen. Those of us who are a little bit web tech savvy, like this stuff seems very easy to us. But the whole idea um, of getting a domain name, getting a web hosting account installing WordPress, installing a WordPress theme, installing a bunch of WordPress plugins and configuring them and customizing and putting content and, and getting the photos right. And like all that, all those steps, uh, for, for a restaurant owner or a small business owner, like that is a lot of them don't even know what a domain name is, (laughs) you know, step one. Um, so, uh, so that was the thought, like if, if I can have a, if I can create a hosted platform, um, built on top of WordPress because I, I knew the WordPress platform pretty well. It was like, if, if we can just really streamline all of those steps to getting a website up and running, then that would be a lot easier and that can make for a good SaaS business, you know, a, a, a recurring revenue hosted um, type of service. And, um, but the, the problem with, with that idea alone was that, okay, if I was just going to do this for, for all small businesses, then the options would need to be so broad. Like if it was, if it was going to work for restaurants and lawyers and doctors and, and, um, you know, anything, then 
the the options that we build into the team would just be way too complex and and there'd be too many variations. So I knew that we had to make sure that all clients basically had the same type of website with the same feature set and that's what led me to the conclusion that okay, well I must I, then then I'll have to f- you know focus in on on one niche and um and so i kind of made a list of a bunch of different niche industries you know like restaurants hotels doctors lawyers um car dealerships you know you you name it and i kind of settled on i just kind of randomly settled on restaurants for a few reasons um one was just that i knew that most restaurant websites would be would have almost the same set of features. They they all need a menu. They all need a couple photos. They all need to show their location. They all need to show their hours. You know, a few might have different variations on that, but essentially, you know, we're working with the same features. Um, and so that made it easy to make the the themes and make them very standardized and make the the, the customization options very standard. And um, and so. And then, I mean, I as I was learning as I went, but you know, I also learned that by focusing in on one industry or one niche, I was, that also made it much easier to market because I was able to really focus in on one ideal customer and and focus all of our marketing to speak directly to them, and not have to not have to be so broad that that it's that it gets kind of diluted. It's an interesting concept, and uh, I'm literally just on restaurantengine.com right now. But and I know you you've sold that, but it um, it seems to have continued on that way. So so just explain to to somebody listening what what was the you know the value proposition of that that made it stand out, and what was it doing? Yeah, I think um, most uh, restaurant owners and really business small business owners in general. Um, they're used to just hiring a freelance web designer or, or maybe they're working with like their brother-in-law or something, someone who knows how to make a website um, or, or they're going to hire a high, a high end agency. And either way there, there's a lot of, first of all, it's more expensive to spend a few thousand dollars on a, on a, on a freelancer or an agency. And there's a lot more time involved and there's a lot more, um, confusion and and you're not really sure what to expect and uh and you know a lot of the pain that we heard from from restaurant owners was like you know i I hired somebody to make our website like four or five years ago and now the guy disappeared and now i can't even make updates to my own website you know we heard a lot of that kind of stuff so um the idea uh, the value of, of of a thing like restaurant engine is you know you pay this small price every month and it's uh it, it's easy to to get set up. Actually, it was a it became a done for you setup service. So we would actually set up the website for you, get you on board, make some customizations for you, and then um, and then we support you. So if you if if you want to make updates yourself, you can do that. Or if you want us to make updates for you, our team does that. And uh, and you know it's just it's just easy and it's it's kind of pain free. So was there a lot of ongoing value for them to continue paying you or were you finding a lot of drop off? Uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of value considering we were hosting their website, you know, um, it, as a, as a hosted website service, um, that makes, if, if they were to cancel service, um, then, you know, they would need to basically go get their website redesigned and set up a new web hosting provider and and move and, and you know migrate their website to to a new place and that's a that's a very painful expensive uh 
technical challenge and you know so the value of 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 staying on it is definitely that was definitely one of the the good things going for restaurant engine was um uh yeah yeah there's ongoing support and probably a lot more support during the early uh weeks and months of, of a customer's time but once they're set up and they're happy with their website you know most of them don't make many changes throughout the year but they do want their website to be up and running and they like knowing that we're there for them if they if they do want to make changes so the value of them just staying on is is uh was really good and and you had like what um, newsletter support or social media kind of marketing or bits and pieces like that that you were helping them out as well at some point uh well I, and, and you know, again, I don't know what the current owner is doing with Restaurant Engine. Um, but when I was when I owned it and, and ran it, uh, we didn't really do marketing for them. We really just kind of managed their website. Um, uh, yeah, we we just yeah, we, if like if they wanted to put new pictures on their website or something, they can like we can do that for them, or or they can log in and do it themselves. Um, and we would like recommend, we would sometimes like help them out, like recommend like, Hey, you could use MailChimp or you can, you know, use something to, to set up social media. But, um, you know, we didn't, that wasn't really part of, of what we did. I like it. So it's a very, very streamlined model, very simplistic. Um, but you know, it got the attention of, of the restaurant business, um, restaurant world. How long did it take you to build it up to where you were saying, you know, it actually replaced your income and you didn't have to freelance anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was a good, um, at least a year, maybe up to two years that I was still, uh, balancing my freelance work with working on restaurant engine. Um, and early on it was like, you know, 70% freelance work, 30% restaurant engine. And then that became 50, 50. And then it became, uh, like the last six months, I just kind of, I was like slowly phased down the number of freelance clients that I was working with. So I went from like five simultaneous clients down to three. And then I just kind of kept on like one, one pretty good client, um, for the, for the last final few months. And then, and then after that, I phased that out and, and just started to focus on restaurant engine full time. That's, that's great. And then did you build out a team as well? Yeah. Uh, so it was mostly customer support. Um, that grew to a couple of people. Like when I was owning it, it was, it was probably like three, I think I forgot exactly. I think like three people, maybe two or three people were doing customer support. Um, and then I had one salesperson to take over the in, inbound sales calls. And, and we had a contract uh, writer doing content marketing for us. And um, I think that's about it. And, and I had a developer that I, that helped out occasionally when we needed to, to tweak something. And so were you building the sites yourself? Yeah. I mean, we had our own set of, um, of design templates and I mean, restaurant engine still, still has like a set of design templates. And basically when a, when a customer signs up, they either, they choose a template or we kind of choose one for them. And, um, and we set them up with that template and then built into our system, you know, we had the ability to customize colors and add their logo and put their photos in and and that sort of thing. And that was easy enough to then make it stand out and look unique, just those customizations. Yeah. Yep. And they could, they actually did look really unique, especially once you start changing like background images and, and colors and, and fonts and things. How did you know that, um, you know, or did you know that this was going to succeed and you know how why did you persevere and how did you manage to persevere through those early days uh well i didn't know <laughs> um and 
you know, so this idea of um, uh, like validating a new product idea or a new business idea, it, it's a really important thing to do. And I think the the more I I um, the more experience I've built up in in business, the the more careful I am about. Um, pursuing new ideas and spending even more time and effort validating them before I invest in them. Um, and so I think with Restaurant Engine, um, it kind of worked out, like, but, it, but it was a huge investment up front and, and it took years to like, recoup that investment for sure. I mean, um, you know, I made all the classic mistakes back then in 2011. What, you know, I, I, so what I did do was I put up a very basic landing page um, kind of explaining what, what the service was going to be about. And then, um, I think I ran some Google ad word ad ad Google ads for a while. And I, um, for like a couple months and I built up an email list of like a hundred or 150 people. And that was my early validation that, okay, I can reach restaurant owners. They would sign up for this email. And then I think I did a few calls with them and to, to ask and, ask questions and things. And, but beyond that, I, I didn't really validate a whole lot. So once I, ha- after I did that, then I spent like six months, I hired a developer. I spent thousands of dollars that I had kind of saved up from doing consulting work. Um, and I spent a ton of my own time, you know, designing, uh, the, the templates and things like that. So just sunk like at least six months in, into building this thing before we even launched to any paying customers. And then at that point we opened it up to a beta program. And then after like two months, uh, we kind of said, okay, beta is over. And now if you want to stay on, you can become a paying customer. And I think like six people stayed on and those became like our first paying customers. Um, but like if I was, if I was going to do that again, I would definitely not have spent so much time and so much money um, uh, you know, before having any pay, paying customers. Um, so like fast forward to today with audience ops, I mean, um, you know, today in audience ops, we right now, I mean, audience ops itself is about two years old now. Um, but we're, and, and we've had this like productized service that, that's been running and it's been, it's been pretty good growing, growing pretty fast. But the, now we're starting to to build our own SaaS product from Audience Ops. It, it's like a content calendar tool that we're building, um, and for that, you know, again, it's it's a huge investment. You know, hiring full time developer to, to to work on it, and and I'm going to be investing in, in marketing for it, and like it's a it's a pretty big venture. And um, but but we're not going into it blind. What what I did was um, I. I sent the idea out to some people. I got some feedback and then I sent some more wireframes to, to people and I got some feedback. And then I actually asked 14 people to prepay, um, a few hundred dollars each and, and to, to kind of prove that, okay, there are people who are willing to, to pay money and, and, and with on the promise that like, you know, this thing has not been built yet. So they're just paying and it's going to be several months before they're, able to to use the product um, but I formed this this early beta group um, to give give us feedback and and give and give us input while we build the product and uh, and that's been extremely helpful and those people will be like the first first users to to use it in, in the beta when that's ready 
and um, and then they they also get like a lifetime discount for uh, for for being the you know those early um, early adopters. Right. So so okay, let's one, take one step back. So how did you transition from um, restaurant engine to audience ops? Uh, well, that was basically just because I sold the business, and um, so what happened? I mean, the process of selling restaurant engine was a long, you know, multi-month process. But um, once that, well, I actually started audience ops right at the at the time that I was going through the sale. So I started building up audience ops before the sale of restaurant engine was closed. Um, and I mean, that was a very stressful time in 2015 for sure. But, um, and then, um, but yeah, like once, so I think, I think restaurant engine closed around June and maybe end of June, uh, 2015 and, uh, and audience ops, I think launched probably like May, 2015. So like, like May, June was when we were getting our very first clients on audience ops. Uh, well, at that point, I had been working on it for like almost four years, and um, I, I kind of decided that the restaurant industry was a little bit far connected for me, personal, like d- disconnected. <laughs> I guess is the word. Um, uh, like again, I didn't have any like personal connections to the restaurant industry, and I at that point I had been blocking on my personal site quite a bit, and I and I. Um, uh, I started to build up a network and an audience of like entrepreneurs and bootstrappers and freelancers and consultants. And, and those were really my people. So I wanted to try to, you know, get into a business that's more aligned with, with that. Um, and audience ops, you know, we're selling to other business owners, um, especially so- software and SaaS business owners. Um, and, um, and so that was much more aligned with, with what I was kind of focused on. And, uh, I think with, with restaurant engine, you know, it was, it was pretty good, but, um, I, I think I just felt personally that I took it as far as, as I could take it. But if, but if somebody else took it over and, and they're a little bit more, you know, committed to the restaurant industry, you know, they'd, they'd be able to, to take it further than I could. Great. So, so how did you then come up with the idea for audience? Uh, well, it kind of came out of restaurant engine because I had used content marketing as like our primary and basically only marketing channel for restaurant engine. You know, we were, um, we did blog posts every week. We did email newsletters every week, social media promotion. And that's essentially what got us to page one for all of our key terms with restaurant engine. And, um, and so I started like blogging about like on my personal site and I'd go to conferences and things. I would blog about how we used, content marketing in that way. And I was talking about how, how I removed myself from that process. So I hired, I hired writers, I hired assistants, I hired, I put people and systems and processes in place so that the business is just turning out content and I don't have to be the one writing articles for, for the restaurant industry every week. Um, and, and a lot of other founders that I was talking to was like, you know, they, they're telling me, you know, that's, that's great. How do I do that? And that's a huge pain. I don't know how to hire a writer or where to hire a writer. Or, um, even when I do hire writers there, it's, it's incomplete or it's hit and miss. And, and it just still takes up all my time. And, and so I, I heard all those pain points. And then I was thinking like, well, for my next 
business if I could do like a productized service where we not only write the content, but we also set it up in your WordPress blog. We also send your newsletters for you. We'll send your social media. Um, and, and it's kind of a end to end, like start to finish content marketing system that you can just plug right into your business. You know, that was, that was essentially the, the concept. Um, and, uh, and again, by that point I had, um, I had built up a, more of a network of, of other software online business entrepreneurs. So I had a group of people that I could go to and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And, um, that's kind of how I landed the first couple of clients. And then I, um, started, you know, talking about it more on the podcast and my newsletter and that, that grew it a, l- a little bit further. So it is, it is quite um, similar to what you had done before and you had built up a brand around that, you know, through, through what you were saying, you know, conferences and just sharing that message. And so you were more confident in, in, in launching, launching that up. Yeah, I would, I would say that I did launch it quicker. <laughs> like the restaurant engine took like six months to launch and audience ops, I literally went from like idea to the first paying customers like within 30 days. Um, because... Walk me through that thirty days and what happened then. Well, basically, I um, I had jotted down a bunch of notes about uh, you know based on things that I had learned from talking to people at conferences and whatnot. Um, I had a, uh, this idea for a done for you content marketing service, and um, so I jotted down some notes around that, and then I went home and I created like a one page website. Uh, actually, today is the same website that I had created. I haven't, I haven't really updated it since then, but I'm now just starting to, to redesign the site for 2017. But, um, but anyway, I, I put up a one page website that don't, that took me like a week to, to work on. Um, and I didn't even really need the website. I could have just described this in an email, but basically once I had a one pager up, I sent an email out to like 30 friends, um, like people who run online businesses. And I was just like, Hey, you know, this is the new thing that I'm working on. I'd love to hear any feedback or thoughts on this. Um, if you or anybody, you know, you know, might make sense to talk to, I'd, I'd really appreciate an introduction. So I emailed that out to like 30 friends. And, um, and out of that, I think I had probably like five or 10 calls. And from those calls, probably the first three or four, uh, clients. And the, the great thing about a productized service, and it's one of the reasons why I love, why, why I talk so much about it and I teach about it is you can literally go from like idea to paying customers, um, in very, in a very quick time and even start to deliver the service right away. Cause it's a, it's a done for you, manually done service. Like we didn't have to build any special software or anything. We can just start delivering the service. Um, but you know, immediately once we had uh, the first couple of clients, I did focus on writing systems and processes and hiring some people and um, and putting that and like kind of building the system as we go and uh, and so that's that's kind of what what we did. Right, that's very interesting. So so you hired a couple of people straight away so that you didn't have to do all the work or did you start off doing some of the work in order to start servicing those clients or were they deferred on, on the program of start date? Yeah. So they weren't deferred, you know, when they signed up, we definitely started, um, the service right away. And one of my, um, one of my personal requirements for starting audience apps was, you know, I, I don't want to be the one writing the content for clients. Um, 
because uh, that would just take up way too much of my time. Like I wasn't really interested in becoming a freelance writer or anything like that. I, I wanted to build a business, a, a content marketing company. So um, one of the first things I did was I hired, uh, a, I think, two freelance writers and they were just worked on a freelance basis, you know, not full time or anything. Um, but they were the writers who, who did the work on for those first couple of clients. Now I, I still did the work of project management and I would, I did the sales calls and then I brought the clients on and, and then I, um, I did like the kickoff call and I kind of organized the, the schedule and, and got the writers together. So I was still doing that stuff early, early on. And I think that was important because that helped me really define the process of, of, of working with a client from start to finish and really build it into like a, a bulletproof uh, onboarding system that we can just follow every single time. And, um, and it took many months before it, before we really kind of refined that to what it is today. Um, but eventually, you know, uh, hired a few more writers, hired a couple of virtual assistants, and then I hired um, a couple of managers, uh, I, like first one manager and then later a couple more managers. Um, and I just kind of removed myself from from every part of, of the business. Um, at, for, for a while, we had a salesperson who replaced me, um, and my focus would just be on, like, building the systems, refining those systems, marketing strategy, um, sometimes doing sales calls, but, um, and mostly my role has been, um, kind of coaching my team, like coaching the managers and coaching the writers on how, how we should be working with clients and, and really doing it in a very focused, streamlined way. Uh, we essentially have like a production line of content that we, that we produce for, for clients. I like it. I really like it a lot. Um, so, I was going to ask you then what um, right at the beginning there you've you've created this model um, and you're starting to 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 bring in your clients. How did you grow from your initial you know f- five clients or three or four clients? What were you doing? Um, yeah, so I mean, we continued to get. Um, leads just coming from my own audience and my podcast who kind of know me and, and from conference and stuff, but conferences and stuff. But um, we also did our own content, like our writers also write for our own blog on audience ops. And so that has helped as well. Um, we've, we've done some paid ad ad campaigns. We've done some webinars. Um, I've gone on podcasts like this quite a bit and talked about what we do and that that's brought in a lot of uh, clients and then, and then personal just referrals from, from clients recommending us to other people, Um, especially within the uh, software entrepreneurial circles where we've become, you know, pretty, uh, I guess kind of a a go-to recommendation in in those circles, which has been good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, so you've got a podcast um, to talk about that, and, and and just elaborate a little bit more about what you call productized service, and how can somebody um, implement that in in, a, in their niche? Yeah, sure. So, you know, in, in addition to audience ops, I also um, run my personal site, uh, which is castjam.com. and that that site is just all me. It's like my personal blog, but over there, I kind of write a lot about productize services and um and i also teach a course called productize and so basically productize services are um uh there it's a really focused manually done for you service and 
Uh, it can take on a lot of forms. Uh, you know, for example, with audience apps, it's, it's a done for you content marketing service. Um, I've seen, you know, conversion rate optimization, uh, consultants offer like a monthly conversion rate optimization service or, um, or a monthly design service or design audit. Um, sometimes it's a one-time, one-time fee, you know, like a set up your, your one page website, um, for, for a one-time fee, you know, things like that. But basically a very focused service that, that solves one very painful problem, uh, for a fixed, for, for a set price and a, and a set scope. And that scope is really a recommended solution. So, the way that I like to think about it, or, or you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how do I come up with a productized service idea? Well, the way that I like to think about it is, you know, if let's say like your dream client came to you and said, um, I I have a, a, a budget and I I know I have this problem, but I don't know really what I need. You tell me what I need. If you can, if if you have that sort of freedom and flexibility, and, I, and I'm sure most freelancers listening to this, you know, you're going to be like, yeah, that that would be the dream if if only that were to ever happen. But, um, but you know, just picture that, and and so if if you can think up like, well, what is your best recommended strategy that if you had that that freedom, what would you recommend that they do, or what would you like to do for that client? And that basically becomes your recommended solution, and then you just build build that you just put that out there it's like look this is what we can do for you if if you if you believe in this solution and you have this problem then pay x dollars and we'll do it for you and that's um it's just like buying a product on amazon it's like uh, this is what the product does does it is, is that what you need yes or no buy it and, and it's just the idea with the productized service is that it's easier to buy for the client. It, it, it's easier for them because they don't, if you're hiring a freelancer by the hour, like you don't know how many hours it's going to take. You don't know what you need to ask them to do. You don't know, you know, how to, how to track progress and, and all these things. So it's easier to buy. And then it's also easier to sell because you can, you can say, look, this is the value proposition. Um, and you know, uh, take it or leave it. And, and, and then it's also easier to grow. So since you're doing one thing with a standard methodology, a standard process, then that makes it easy to hire people and delegate, at, you know, kind of remove yourself from the work every step of the way um, and, uh, and kind of build it into a system that kind of runs like a machine. And so that, that makes it easier to grow. And you can do all that very, very quickly because it's all a manually done service rather than software, which you have to kind of build, uh, you know, build, build up and invest a lot of money in. So uh, I really love the idea of a productized service because you can launch and grow a company very quickly and, and profitably and, and, um, and build up cash flow. And then once you have that, that cash flow and you've built up a brand and you've built up an expertise, then you can, um, expand your product line, which is what we're doing right now with Audience Ops. So now, now that we've established our service and we've got the team in place and everything, now I'm free to to spend my time working on new products like our software coming up, and we're doing a training product coming up. So, um, so these are so now I have that that uh, that that freedom and and the ability to self fund, um, you know, growing the business. Talk talk to me about. Um how you actually had that accelerated growth and 
um, what sort of numbers um, your business looks like today in terms of size or, or reach, um, whatever you're, you're comfortable sharing here. Uh, sure. So just the productized service side of it. Um, so we launched in like early, uh, like May 2015. Today we're talking um, around like late November 2016. Uh, so like almost 18 months. It's it's um, so we've we've hit about 50k MRR uh, in in that time, and I think it it went from like zero to like 5k MRR within the first two or three months, and then and then kind of just gradually growing over the course of that 18 month period. And, um, and you know, that's not all profit, but it, but it is profitable the, the business. And, you know, we, we've been growing the team. We're up to about 20 people. Um, half the team is here in the U S a bunch of them are full time and uh, a couple of people abroad. Um, and, um, and that's kind of what, what things look like. And now, you know, now we're trying to, uh, as I said, you know, grow into, uh, additional products from audience ops. That's that's amazing. Congratulations. Um, now, so you're now talking about the software side of things and building that out. So, what is that going to look like? Yeah. So, the main product that we're building now is called Audience Ops Calendar, and it's a um, it's like a content calendar uh, planner with some checklists and and, and uh, automated systems built into it. So if you know that you want to be blogging every week, um, you can automate the process of and, and uh, automatically assign tasks and recurring tasks to like your writer and your uh, assistant and your designer and, and have them kind of follow the, the same process for producing a, a quality blog post. Um, and it, that's all organized through your editorial calendar. Um, and it also does some tracking of, of results, like tracking traffic and conversions from your content, and then that helps you plan and fill up your calendar with, with more topics. So that's essentially what the software that we're building does. And as of today, we're probably like 25 or 30% of the way uh, building it, developing it, and, and we're hoping to launch that in early 2017. Um, but to go along with that, right now we're also working on a training product Kind of a com- kind of a companion product to teach you how to do content marketing, and we give you our strategy and our systems and our procedures and, er- and everything like that. You can just plug right into your business. You can hand these processes over to your team, and they can just get up and running with some content marketing. Um, it's designed to to work with our software, but you don't have to use our software. You can just take our training and and uh, and follow it that way. Um, so, um, so that'll also be coming out in, in 2017. That sounds really good. And, um, well, you know, you let us know when it's out and we'll maybe link it up to the show a bit later on. But, um, I want to just pivot quickly before we, we start wrapping up the show and talk about, um, number one failure. Was there a low, a low moment where you thought, you know, things were not going to really work in, in this new, new piece of, um, your new business, right? O- audience ops. And also, was there a key inflection point where you saw uh, a big, big lift? Oh yeah, I mean, every business that I've ever worked on, there was <laughs> lots of uh, lots of struggles, lots of points where you get discouraged, and lots of um, just banging your head against the wall. Why isn't this working the way I expected? I mean, that happens. That you have to expect that going into any sort of business. Um. um I think in, well, going back to Restaurant Engine, 
you know, I mean, there were definitely years of working on Restaurant Engine where, yes, it, it replaced my my income and it was enough to support me and my family, but it was it was not necessarily I wasn't necessarily making more money than I was when I was a freelancer. Um, like, like I could have made more money just doing freelance, but I, in, instead I chose to um, invest my time and money into building this kind of SaaS productized service, um, which in the short term, you know, it, I, I purposely only paid myself just enough to pay the bills, um, you know, very much bootstrapped and self-funded. Uh, but that's, you know, I, then I was able to exit exit the business with, um, you know, for me, it was a, it was a pretty good, uh, uh, sale of the business. So, um, you know, being able to build up a, a valuable asset, I mean, with, with audience ops, you know, um, uh, it, it's, it has been able to support me. Um, but, uh, you know, we're also, again, like I'm, I'm reinvesting all, all the, uh, profit into the business. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily, um, so that, you know, that can be stressful and, uh, and kind of making decisions and one of the, another challenge is, is building up the team and sometimes teammates don't work out and you, you need to replace people and and that sort of stuff but um you know we've worked out a lot of those kinks by now um yeah i mean you know for me uh work life balance is still a challenge especially with two little kids at home so you know i i it's not like a, like it was when I was building up restaurant engine back then i didn't have any kids and i was perfectly willing to pull all nighters and work on weekends and that sort of stuff. But now I'm in my thirties and I've got kids. I'm, I'm not really willing to do that sort of thing. I only kind of work during the day. Um, and you know, I very much value my free time. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's just an ongoing, uh, challenge, I think. But, um, um, you know, the, you hear about these stories, you hear interviews on like Mixergy and all these other places, and you know, you look at you look at the success that they've achieved, and I and I think most entrepreneurs would would probably tell you, you know, it doesn't feel like they just hit the lottery, um, and and that's it, it that's not how it is at all. It's um, this is a gradual, very slow, very built, very slow, slowly building one one little inch of progress after another and um and that's how it feels you know and there were there were times when you know my only dream was to get to well early on it was like well let's see if i can get one client and you get one client and it's like wow that's awesome let's see if i can get three or five and then you make a goal of okay let's see if i can get up to ten ten thousand mrr you know monthly recurring revenue um and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, after a ton of hard work and challenges, you, you realize like, well, I've surpassed that goal. And, um, but you kind of just keep working because you have all new problems and new goals to, to figure out. So, um, at every level that you go there, there, there are different, different challenges and different successes. I, I guess that's kind of a rambling answer to that question, but <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Hey, we'll, um, start bringing this to, to a close as we're coming on top of the hour here. Um, a couple of last questions here. What are the best two books that you think are great reads for entrepreneurs? When I was younger, um, uh, like starting out as a freelancer, one of the books that really made an impact on me was uh, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. 
Um, that's a really, really good one. It kind of opened my eyes to the idea that you don't need, like you as the business owner, you don't need to be the one doing the work. And you do work on your business, but you don't need to be the one delivering the service. Um, you can hire people and build systems and processes. That that made a very big impact on me. Um, um, that's always kind of like my go-to. I guess the other one that I really like is Seth Godin. Um, the Purple Cow would be the one of his that I would like to point people to. Um, and I love just reading everything from, from Seth Godin. But, but that one is really interesting because it kind of, um, just the idea of uh, building something remarkable and, and finding, uh, being different in some way. Um, yeah. Well, um, Brian, what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? I know you've talked about the podcast and some of the courses. How, how can we find you easily? Yeah, sure. So my, on my personal site, castjam.com, um, I also, I have a free, uh, email course for uh, all about productized services if that's something that you're into so um, you'll find that on the homepage. page on uh, actually i also have a dedicated site productizedcourse.com and, and you'll see the free email course there um, other than that you know my my business audienceops.com and uh and i'm cast jam on twitter that's that's great i um, appreciate your time and i just want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing out in the marketplace you know helping people's lives uh, in the restaurant business number one helping them change their business structures and get online and and now you've transitioned that into helping entrepreneurs you know broaden their content marketing and grow their audience grow their businesses so i think that that's an amazing thing to, to actually you know pull yourself into and and see see good results for yourself and, and for your clients so so well done on that um yeah, and I appreciate you coming on this show, you know, giving up your time um, to, to share with the business insurance community all your nuggets of wisdom. Um, and I've got one more question for you, Brian. When all is said and done, um, do you think about legacy? And if you do, what sort of legacy do you want to leave and be remembered for? <laughs> uh, wow, that's a deep question. Um, I don't really have a good answer to it. Uh, the only thing that I think about is, um, you know, I, I wake up every day to, to work on on, on a business that I really enjoy working on and doing work that really engages me and challenges me. Um, but does not, but not at the expense of stress and not at the expense of free time and being able to hang out with my family whenever and wherever I want. Um, that's just as important. And, and if I can sustain that, you know, for the next 10 or 20, 30 years, um, I think I'll be happy. That's great. Amazing answer. Um, Thank you for coming on the show once again. Um, we've come to the to the end of the show. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with me and Brian today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And very importantly, I hope, you know, you got your hopes to, to rise and to know that you are good enough to chase your dreams. Um, head on over to businessjournals.com for all the show notes. Just type in Brian and his show notes will appear. And uh, to connect with Brian, just go to audienceops.com or castjam.com and check out his podcast check out um, some of the, the courses that Brian is talking about Brian thank you so much for being on the Business Journals podcast today and for sharing your story with us absolutely grateful you are a true business general great thanks David 
Hey, what's up, Business Insurance family? Thank you for joining me and for listening to the Business Insurance Podcast. Connect with me at Davis Mutabwa. That's D-A-V-I-S-M-U-T-A-B-W-A. Connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and you can certainly find me at our podcast blog, businessjournals.com. And while you're there, remember to access all the show notes, a ton of free resources, killer training, and so much more. Love you guys. Thank you for joining me. Ciao.